the biggest struggle for me was basically unlearning everything that I had learned over the two decades of building out the business of fashion because everything that we did was so fast and with no consideration for anything else besides profit. So I had to first, the biggest challenge was for me was to slow down and be conscious about every action that I took. Welcome to What Works. I'm your host, Tara Gentili. On What Works, our goal is to break through best practices, transcend conventional wisdom, and put theory to the test. To do that, we talk to real small business owners about what's actually working for them right now and deep dive on the who, what, how, and why of how it works. This week, my guest is Susan Correa, the founder and CEO of Art and Eden, a sustainable children's fashion company. Susan's had the very unique position of having experienced the business of fashion from 360 degrees. Her journey commenced in India on the factory floor, managing, designing, and merchandising, and very quickly ramped that up to build and lead multi-million dollar businesses across India, Europe, Canada, and the United States. Art and Eden was born from a mission to be the best for the world while striving to be the best in the world. It is an intersection where profit and purpose coexist. During this conversation, you're going to hear why and how Susan made the decision to exit her two multi-million dollar fashion companies to start Art and Eden with a foundation of sustainability. We talk about the personal journey she took to realizing she could change her industry for the better, how an encounter with Ben and Jerry's helped her build the sustainability plan Art and Eden is based on, and why she focuses on making sure the product is better than what can be bought elsewhere first and foremost. Let's find out what works for Susan Correa. Susan Correa, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so uh, fired up to be here with you, Tara. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. All right. So let's begin with the personal breakthrough that eventually led to the creation of Art and Eden, because I think this is probably something that uh, maybe not on the same level, but a lot of our listeners can relate to that that feeling that, ooh, I, I don't like the way business uh, is done conventionally, or I don't like the way I've been doing business. And I want to move into something that's more sustainable. You wrote in your company impact statement that you had spent decades turning a blind eye to the environmental and worker abuse rampant in the apparel industry. Can you tell me how you realized you could make a difference by putting a focus on sustainability in the apparel industry? Kind of walk us through that that personal breakthrough. Sure. So Art and Eden was really a personal breakthrough. I have spent two decades in the business of fashion and enjoyed every moment that I spent in it. Uh, Profit was my purpose. And my job was to bring the latest and the greatest trends, quickest and cheapest to market. And uh, I enjoyed the rush that spotting the trend and uh, turning it around into product that ended up on a retail floor meant. Um, My life was on cruise control. I was running two multi-million dollar businesses prior to Art and Eden, and I was a product and production solution from brands um, up the top tier of the market down to the discount retailers. I covered the entire market uh, spectrum. And I was really having a lot of fun uh, building out uh, businesses. That was on my professional front. On On the personal side of my life, I kept looking for a deeper meaning to life. I kept trying to find an answer to what on earth was I put here for. And I wanted to find a way to do work that mattered. I was, however, segmenting my professional and personal life. Um, Everything changed on August 18th, 2014. Uh, I responded to a blog post that I read about a school in India that was serving a hot, nutritious meal to children. Um, 
And I and, and children came to the school for the meal, ended up getting an education, and their lives completely changed. And I was riveted when I read that blog, trying to really understand how a small act of caring as supplying a meal could change the life of an entire child and consequently the child's family. And I called up the school and I said, I want to be responsible for that meal. For every garment I sell in one of my businesses, I will take care of that meal. And in 28 days of reading the blog, I was in India, totally fired up to make a difference in the life of these uh, children. However, Destiny had other plans. And instead of me changing their lives, they ended up changing my life. Uh, for the first time, I had kind of integrated my personal and professional life without even knowing it. And caring uh, just felt so awesome. I, on that, I, I don't think I slept for two nights thereafter, wondering how business could be used as a force for good and how could business be the best it could be for the world. So when I came back to the States, I, I tried to analyze what best for the world meant and started a, a year and a half long study of the business of fashion, of how we did things from seed to shelf how everything, every choice that we made in the business of fashion impacted other things in the planet. And um, I realized that we were trying, I personally was trying to fuel this system of infinite growth on a finite planet, borrowing from depleting natural resources. And um, I started questioning and uh, seeking out knowledge and asking people how they built their models that were different. And uh, that whole realization was very, very transformative for me. Business went from being transactional to transformative. I started to focus on how I could make more meaning instead of more merchandise. And uh, Art of Eden was born as a result of that study and uh, the fruition of seeking out knowledge and learning about the business of fashion. Mm. You, it, I can hear the passion and the excitement in your voice, and that's an incredible part of a transformation like that. I wonder if there was like almost a, like a darker side to it as well. Did you wrestle with how you had been doing business before? Did you feel any kind of shame or any kind of anxiety or self-consciousness about um, what you, kind of being part of a system that is really based on exploitation and is based on um you know, based on, like you said, exploiting resources uh, on a finite planet. Did you wrestle with that at all, too? Or would you, were you 100% focused on, on the positive changes that you could make? Uh, I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, so about a year after I started the study out of the business of fashion, uh, the burden of knowledge really weighted on my shoulders. Uh, I had uh, one, I had two paths in front of me. I, I am the sole breadwinner of my family. I have an incredible husband who took on the role of Mr. Mom to support me in uh, journeying my path in a professional path. Uh, so I was running two multi-million dollar businesses. And um, I tried, as I studied out what this model meant to be best for the world, I tried everything I could do to try and integrate the model into my existing businesses. Mm. I hit a wall every time I attempted to do something because what I had experienced was really deeply transformative. And I, I don't think any, I don't think it was easy to um, uh, integrate into a model that was built unsustainably, this really pure way of doing business uh, from a 360 degree vantage point. So I tried really, really hard because uh, I knew that what I had, what I had founded, what I had come about and learned, 
was something so pure I needed to come into the world. But my first attempt was to build it into my existing business models. After hitting a wall everywhere and at every attempt, I decided to exit my two multi-million dollar businesses as the sole breadwinner of my family to build out in Eden. It was perhaps, it was not perhaps, it was the most difficult decision of my personal and professional life um, to build from scratch, not knowing whether I would succeed or not, to uh, really choke my financial lines uh, with two teenage kids getting ready for college choices. It was a very tough decision, but I think um, I could no longer participate in a world that uh, valued profit over people. I knew too much. The burden of knowledge was empowering. So I had one of two choices, exit the industry or change the industry. And um, I am one uh, that doesn't take anything lying down. <laughs> so I decided to make change a reality. That's, that is absolutely incredible. And thank you so much for sharing that too, because I think, again, the more we learn, the more, whether it's, uh, whether it's about um, the way we treat our team members, whether it's about the resources that we utilize, like you said, the more you learn, the bigger the burden is, the more that weighs on you. And I, I just, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that part of the story. Um, all right, let's talk about how Art and Eden actually got started, because I'm sure a huge part of getting that off the ground was actually sort of the research and vetting process for the suppliers that you were going to be using. What did the process of figuring out how you were going to change the industry look like in terms of that research and vetting process? What kind of standards were you trying to meet for yourself uh, and for the suppliers that you were working with? I have to tell you a little bit of a backstory sure. to, to come into your question. So it was the summer of 2015, a year later after starting, the, starting out the study. I was in Vermont and um, I just looked around and noticed a lot of Ben & Jerry's ice cream parlors. Um, sitting in the parlor wondering why everywhere I'm turning I see Ben & Jerry's uh, stamp. I googled their name and why they were so present in Vermont, realized that they were headquartered there. But apart from that, their entire journey of sustainability in ice cream came about in my search. And they even treated their cows right. I immediately reached out to the CEO of uh, Unilever, uh, Josephine Solime, and I said, hey, I'm trying to map out this in apparel. It's all fragmented and in disjointed paths. You've mastered the art of sustainability in ice cream. Would you help me understand this better? He came back. It was a cold call on LinkedIn, and he was so gracious to come back and say, I'm not in Vermont, but here's the uh, email address of my social submissions director, and he'll tell you how we built it. I, walk, I reach out to the social submissions director and he comes back to me and says, hey, it's a summer Friday, but if Josephine Solaim said, I need to see you, I'll see you in the office at 2.30. My, my hotel was 10 minutes away from their headquarters and I had the undivided attention of Rob Mikuloff who walked me through the entire Ben & Jerry's ice cream uh, story, how they treat their cows, how they treat um, their farmers, their coffee bean sores, uh, how they work with Greystone Bakery and it was just this beautiful beautiful roadmap of a beautiful beautiful business and i was i was blown away to see what a beautiful business can exist and it was exactly at the point in my journey where all my parts came together and i realized that this can be built and it was just really really awesome so that was the start of me really taking the journey of finding out what i could do different so the biggest the biggest struggle for me was basically unlearning everything that I had learned over the two decades of building out the business of fashion because everything that we did was so fast and with no consideration for anything else besides profit. 
So I had to first, the biggest challenge was for me was to slow down and be conscious about every action that I took. So I journeyed, I took, a, I took about a month and a half to a journey through the factories and really understand what building a different business model meant. How, do, how can factory workers be treated right? How can farmers be treated right? How, do we dye, how can we dye goods differently? So it was a whole journey of about a month and a half through factories, through mills, through audit processes, through inspections, through uh, audit houses, and just trying to understand the model uh, and how to build it. So it was, it was a long, it was a long but conscious and very well worth it uh, trip to India. Incredible. Uh, well, along that same line of thought, you've identified three pillars of sustainability for art need and environmental, economic and social. I'm curious how you actually measure whether you're upholding those pillars. How do you what kind of metrics are you looking at? How do you track your success toward the goals that you've established in each area? So our goal was to build a really well thought through deeply considered and thoughtfully made product within a framework that could be economically, ecologically, and equitably enjoyed. So we embraced a model of triple top line accountability, moving really the responsibility and the impact of the design and business choices to the start of any action. So we start by asking deeper questions. How can I generate prosperity while celebrating our local and global communities? How can we manage for social equity? This does not in any way obviate the need for triple bottom line accounting, because if you don't have a business, you can't do any good. So um, it, it, it took the holding of hands of individuals and institutions to bring together a just and a caring world. So right from engaging with uh, uh, GOTS, that is a third party approval process that basically wets the entire process from um, seed through to finish product. So are we producing the yarn sustainably? Are we um, ginning and weaving it sustainably? Are we dyeing it in the right manner? Are we labeling it correctly? Are, are, are all of the components meeting chemical social uh, rights standards? So we, get, we have uh, partnered with GOTS, which is the Global Organic Textile Standard, and all of our factories have the entire process of sustainability wetted. We've also partnered with Okotex, which is a, a standard for 100% confidence in textiles, which is an independent testing and certification system that tests all the raw materials, the trims that are added onto the organic fabrics. We also partner with factories that are CEREX approved and have certified environmental and management systems. That's on the product front. On the giving back, we partnered with Hope Worldwide, which is our giving partner. Uh, that helps us with our social sustainability, bringing the medical aid and multivitamins to children in need. Uh, in our local communities, we've combined the F our efforts with the Principal Sam Garrison of the Camden Street School, where we mentor children from the school. So it's really a coming together of committed people, of committed institutions that makes it all come together. So even in our small little world of Art in Eden, engaging with the community that cares is what enables us uh, to make this a possibility. Yeah, I think that's an incredible takeaway for everyone listening that you're you're building these goals, you're tracking your success along with community partners or with worldwide partners so that the burden doesn't have to rest solely on your little company. Um, and it, instead, you can you can utilize the resources that are already out there. And I think a lot of, you know, and you've even said a couple of times there were things like that you needed to build from the ground up or you needed to start over. But in this area, you recognize that 
there were people out there already doing this, or there were people out there that were already building resources in this way, and that you could kind of jump on that and utilize that to do the most good. Would you say that's accurate? That's absolutely accurate, because I think recognizing what is your core competence, what are you good at, and what someone else is better at is important. Uh, I could have the best of intentions, but I don't have the training to wet an entire factory's Mm. supply chain. Someone out there um, knows how to do this right, has been doing it for many years, and is a certified authority in the industry. I have to lean on that. So um, I recognize what I can and I can't do. And the things that I can't do, I lean on someone else who can do it better. And uh, there are so many people who care enough uh, to come on this journey with us. So uh, it's just amazing to see what partnerships, collaborations and cooperation can do. Beautiful. Are there any areas that you've had to compromise in, you know, places where you had uh, your vision was one thing, uh, but the the reality of it, uh, you know, just how, you know, where systems are right now, you had to compromise on that vision a little bit? I think attention to intention is incredibly important. Um, While I started Art in Eden, it was putting my entire personal and professional life at risk. if I, did, if I did embark on this journey, I thought at the start of it, I have to do it right. So um, we put our stake in the ground as to the things that are important to us and cannot be compromised. So yes, there are a lot of things that you would want to do in the business, but we don't focus on the things that we can't do. Mm-hmm. We don't fuss around with the things that we can't do. We focus on the amazing amount of things that we can do and just keep our eyes firmly focused on our goal, firmly focused on our stake, where are our values? And, and really, that helps us, you know, work with blinkers on what what the goal on hand is. Gotcha. Uh, I want to shift gears just a little bit and kind of take the sustainability focus more into your brand and to your marketing. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of companies out there that they don't necessarily know how to tell the story of all the good work that they're doing in the world. And that can really hurt their, their triple bottom line in the end. Um, what have you found really works for Art and Eden when it comes to communicating the story behind the brand, communicating the values behind the brand, and really using that to your advantage in terms of marketing? I, I truly think that everybody does care about the planet, how people are treated, and and what brand they're purchasing. But I also know that everyone is on a different point in their journey in the spectrum of caring. So our our motto is buy better, do better. So we start with our side of the equation and our side of the bargain in making sure that the product is better. One thing you can't go wrong in business if you delight the consumer with the product. So we start with our worldwide artist community, We ensure we make prints that are incredibly unique, that are combined with sustainable fabrics, organic cotton, or recycled or upcycled polyester, and use low-impact dyes. And we make a product that has unrivaled product quality at a very attractive price. So that's a winning formula for any kind of business where you start with product and make sure you get the product right. On top of that, every Artemidian garment purchased, we allocate a percentage of our profits to uh, play a role in building, you know, uh, on our social equity um, commitment in giving back to local and global communities. The entire brand message from the story of how the brand is better for the planet, for people in the community and for the little kids, as well as our journey of impact is all documented on the hand tag of the garment. Mm. Uh, and that is like, that is like uh, the, 
the peanut butter or the jelly on the bread. What is the core essence of the message is making sure that the product speaks to the heart of the consumer and everything else is, is told in many different ways through the tag, through the branding, through the marketing uh, and social uh, channels. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I have to say, too, from a personal perspective, as a, as the mom of a nine-year-old, when I first landed on the Art and Eden website, I was like, oh, this stuff is very cool. <laughs> yes. So, you know, the the story, the story and the the values and the the mission behind the brand is is obviously so important. But yeah, that product has to speak to you too on a level of like, I want to buy this because it's cool and also amazing when I buy this, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, participating in a system that is helping instead of hurting. Um, so uh, awesome. And I think, again, such a great takeaway for people. Um, let's look internally now more into the operations of how Art and Eden works. How has your mission towards sustainability uh, translated sort of operationally inside your offices or impacted your team? Um, so when we, when we just started the business, we were a three-member team. So there was only so much with no funding. <laughs> so we started with the low hanging fruit. So my, my vision is always to focus on what we can do and not what we can't do. So we started with the simple things in the office. We did away with all the plastic uh, forks and spoons and all the plastic, uh, the, the paper plates and the plastic plates. And we, you know, we bought reusable, reusable uh, cutlery. We, we, did, we managed a waste, our waste management uh, system became better. We ordered green office, um, green energy, you know, energy efficient appliances in the office. Uh, we really focused on how to build the product right. Even our poly bags are biodegradable poly bags. Our tags are from recycled papers. Our boxes are made out of recycled paper. So really being conscious about our choices internally in the office and product based. I took the first uh, two mem team members with me to El Salvador to launch our Clothes for Cure program. So they participated in our Global Impact program and witnessed how business could be a force for good. I remember coming back um, and doing our first shipment and there was a little stress in the office and I said, guys, relax, you know, we're not in the business of saving lives. And the designer who came with me, Catherine, she turns around and says, hey, we are saving lives. Our work is important. So it really, it really helps to be part um, of a journey of change and our entire team is involved in our uh, Camden Street School uh, program that we run. We, you know, we, we do a curriculum that uh, uh, combines resilience, learning, democratic education and building in a strength for these kids and our entire team witnesses how change in a business is a reality in, the, in our world. So it's, it's, it's really awesome to build across all three pillars and have the team engaged in all aspects of building out the the brand sustainably. Mm, incredible. So you mentioned you launched with a three-person team and you, you launched about a little over a year ago, right? Last January. How has your team yeah, how has your team grown in uh, the last year and a half or so? So we are an 11-member team now and uh, we're raring to go. Nice. Awesome. Uh, what's next for you guys? Do you have anything, any big projects you're working on? Any new product lines you're bringing out? We have a divinely cool collaboration coming up. Cool. I can't name it just now, but we can perhaps do another podcast on it. It's another dream uh, become reality. It will uh, embark, um, become live uh, February 1st, 2019. Uh, and it's a very, very meaningful collaboration and it's a very big collaboration. So a lot of efforts focused on that. 
we spent the first year of our business really focused on uh, building our speciality store business. Uh, I was in no hurry to get anything wrong. Uh, this was an entire new process, building a sustainable product, making sure that we were done and producing the goods correctly. And now we're really ramping up to scale and bring the product uh, to a wider audience in a bigger, bigger market uh, marketing and uh, retail positioning. So lots of efforts on lots of different fronts. Uh, very excited that one of our investors is the biggest home and towel manufacturer uh, for the U.S. And uh, he is um, working on building a sustainable home and towel line for Arden So lots of really fun and very exciting uh, opportunities and growth paths for the future. Amazing. Well, I would love to have you back on to talk about that when, when you are <laughs> able to. Susan, Coria, thank you so much for this great conversation. And, and for shedding a light on how you're really aiming to change the apparel industry from the inside out. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. It was really fun talking to you. Find out more about Susan Korea and Art and Eden at artandeden.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of What Works. It's Rebels with a Cause Month at Co-Commercial, and we're talking about creating more sustainable and ethical small businesses all month long. If this interview has inspired you to take a fresh look at your business's social, environmental, and commercial impact, we've created a resource for you to do exactly that. We've come up with 10 ways you can make your business a force for good and each take less than an hour to implement. Plus, we're asking our community and listeners like you to contribute their own suggestions for building businesses with a positive impact. To get in on the conversation and find out some easy ways for you to bake doing good into the way you do business, go to ideas.cocommercial.co slash force for good. That's ideas.cocommercial.co slash force for good. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.